0: Good morning to you guys. Happy New Year. Man, it's either going to be really well of a new year or bad because I'm starting for the first Sunday. So we made it through last Sunday to this Sunday, and I'm so glad that you are here. For those watching online, we're so thankful that you're here and able to join us as well. I hope you guys got some um, more time just to hang out with family and and maybe some small gathering of friends um, for this new year. And hope everything was well. Um, I was in uh, Palm Springs with my wife, It's just the two of us, and uh, we, you know, we're kind of getting there, where I guess you can label us as being old, um, and I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not talking to anyone in the crowd, but um, it was like 10.30, and, you know, I'm like, I'm jazzed because the ball's about to drop. You know, I'm like, man, I can't wait. We're going to have all these, like, these great artists come on and perform and do all this stuff. Mariah Carey's going to come up and hopefully destroy it, not in a good way like she did a couple of years ago. Um, and I look over, and my wife's clocked out. She was like, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Are we at that age where, like, I sign up for like men's ministry and I start to like to talk about, you know, taxes and stuff. And, and it was like, man, I guess we're getting old. And I walk around, hey, you're not going to sleep. You're, you're going to stay awake and watch the ball drop. It's going to be great. Um, so I hope a lot of you had some fun time, uh, you know, just to celebrate the new year and look forward. Um, and I'm excited for this new year because 2020 is over and it is 2021 and it's always great to have that that kind of mental restart where we get to look forward to hopefully of what's to come and i know last year um, was rough tiffany kind of mentioned it and it's just it, it's been a year and i hope that you also are encouraged in your heart to this new year and hopefully that god's going to move and work in your in your life in ways maybe he he didn't in 2020 or maybe continuing Uh, what he's did during last year. And if you have your Bible, please open up to John chapter 15, verse five. This is where we're going to be um, for the majority of this sermon. And today's sermon, I want to label it or put a title on it. It's going to be called Fruit Comes from Faithfulness. Fruit Comes from Faithfulness. If you were here last weekend or if you were watching online um, last weekend, we talked about this idea of God calling us to go out and do something. And what what was great about that sermon is um, as a pastor, you really don't, see a lot of fruit or a lot of good things come from a sermon that quickly. Usually it kind of takes time. And of course you have like those conversations, you know, post-sermon where, you know, someone comes up to you and says, hey, that spoke to my heart or, or hey, that's been on my mind recently and that like God used it to speak. And you have like those conversations, but there's not like a lot that happens like directly after um, a sermon. But uh, last week uh, on Tuesday, we planned to de-decorate this whole campus from Christmas because it's going into January and we just need to take down some Christmas things. And usually it's, it's the staff that does it alongside with some people who were who helping. And of course, this year is different because, or last year is, because it was COVID. So social distancing the thing and not many people are able to come and be here at church. So we were kind of thinking like, man, like, what is it gonna look like for like de-decorating the church? Is anyone gonna show up? Did, did my sermon work at all? Or did it just kind of like just go out the window or out the tent, I guess you would say. Like, did anything happen? And then I came downstairs and Carlos was like, hey, like if, if you wanna like meet me downstairs, we're gonna get ready and start. To tear down stuff. And I'm like, man, this is gonna be a long day. It's gonna be me, Matt, and Carlos, and we're just gonna go at it for like probably eight hours, and we're going to be exhausted, and it's going to be terrible. So I walk downstairs, and I see 14 men who came to help out, which was a huge blessing. So just off of last weekend, I've seen a little bit of fruit happen during the week, and it was such an encouragement to see people say, you know what? God has called me to step out and do something. God has called me to serve, and I want to respond, and I hope God worked in your life during this week. That whatever that message was last week that you heard, that you said, you know what? This is what God's calling me to do. I really hope that you responded and saw God work and move in your life, because that's the whole point of this gathering, is that we come together, we hear from the word, we see God move, and we respond. And today we're going to be looking at what comes from our faithfulness. And the Bible always talks about this thing called fruit. That when we step out in faith and do something that God has called us to do, we see this thing called fruit that comes from our faithfulness to what He calls us to do. So we're gonna look at John 15, 5, and then briefly talk about it. So this is what the verse says It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. See, I love the words of Christ here because it's pretty simple. And a lot of us who, you know, are well-educated, we understand that idea that in order for something to grow, it needs to have some sort of roots, it needs to be a part of some bigger thing for it to be good, for it to be healthy to produce. You don't see an apple just pop out of the ground and say, hey, I'm an apple, I do this all on my own, I had no help, I had no resources, I'm just an apple and here I am. You see a tree that has to grow over time and as a tree gets watered and the tree gets nutrients from the sun and all these things, you begin to see it grow into something that's beautiful And then from that growth, you see fruit being produced. Well, the same thing happens in our life in regards to our faith. Is when we hear God calling us to do certain things, whether they're easy or they're scary, that if we respond to those things in faithfulness, we see fruit happen from them. We see things begin to grow. So I want to focus on this word and this phrase right here. And this is what it says. You must remain in Jesus. We go back to that verse we see in the second half, Jesus says this, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. So in order for you and I to have fruit in our lives, we need to remain in Jesus. And I looked up, I felt like kind of Matt this weekend because Matt's like very intelligent. He's like the guy who like knows everything. I can have any sort of issue going on during the week related to ministry, whether it's tech, whether it's something else. I go up to Matt and I'm like, 10 times out of 10, he's going to know what to do. Matt's like a genius, right? So, He always says like, oh, here's this word in the Greek and takes it apart. And for me, I'm like, that's not really my style. But he said, you know what? I feel like it's a new year. So maybe I want to be a little bit like Matt. So this word remain in the Greek word is called meno. And this word has several different meanings. And one of them that I really like, that kind of helps me think of this word to remain in Jesus a little bit easier. Because when you hear that, you're like, remain in Jesus, like, how do I do that? But here's some other definitions. That word uh, meno can mean abide, continue, and dwell. And I want to focus on that word dwell. So if we are supposed to dwell in who Jesus is, how do we do that here on earth? Well, Obviously, Jesus isn't here. He's not walking around. It's like you can text Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, can I come over and have a meal with you and dwell or be in your presence? So how do you and I dwell in Jesus in order to have fruit seen in our lives? And the two biggest ways that I've seen that work in my life for me to dwell in the presence of who Jesus is, is being in our word and being in prayer. So if I want to see any sort of fruit, any sort of good, healthy things come out of my faithfulness to what God calls me to do, I need to be dwelling in Jesus, which means I need to be in his word and in prayer. So I want to ask you this question, is how often are you dwelling in the presence of Jesus? How often are you dwelling in the presence of Jesus? Maybe this week was a little bit tough for you to try to figure out what God was calling you to do, because maybe you're just not a type of person that's in your word or is in prayer a lot. And I understand the struggles of that because during the week, we have a lot of stuff going on. A lot of us have jobs and we have responsibilities. A lot of you guys have family, have kids, some who are a little bit older that you want to get out of the house and some that are a little bit younger. So I get there's a lot of things going on in your life that makes it difficult to see certain things happen in your life, especially when it comes to your faith. But I want to ask you this question again, is how often are you dwelling in the presence of Jesus? Because when I look at you guys right here, I know a lot of you and those watching online, I know you want to do something good with your life. I know all of us wants to have some sort of impact on this world and on humanity. None of us wake up and say, man, I can't wait to just not do anything with my life. I just want to wake up and eat and then go back to bed and then wake up and eat and go back to bed. That was kind of what 2020 was for a lot of us, but that's an exception. But normally a lot of us don't wake up and say, you know what, I just don't want to do anything with my life. The typical response is, man, I want to do something. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I want to have some sort of impact on an individual or maybe even on this world. And I know a lot of you want to do that. So, with that being said, if we all want to do something in this world, if we want to have an impact, if we want to see fruit in our lives, you and I cannot do that unless we remain in Jesus or we meadow in Jesus, which means dwell with Him, which is through scripture, which is through prayer. Because a lot of the times it's difficult to hear where Jesus is guiding us if we're not understanding what our calling is. See, a lot of the times we say, man, I've heard this before, and it for me it makes no sense. But it's kind of like, I guess it maybe came out from like the 70s. So like some of your era, you know, I mean, not all of you, because you guys are young, good looking individuals, but maybe some of you out there, right? From the 70s where it's like, oh, peace, love and happiness. Go out into nature and find yourself. If, if Maybe Matt can do that because Matt, you know, he's like a super awesome dude. He's a hiking guy. But if you put Alec out in the wilderness to go find myself in nature, I'm going to get lost. Like you're going to see like on the news, like, hey, the local pastor gets lost in a forest trying to find himself. Ironic. But the world tells us you need to go find yourself just just in some way. Like go out in isolation, go out in this, go to school, go do this, marry this person, exercise this way, eat that way. Do something in order to find yourself. But I see the Bible not talk about that at all. When the Bible says if we want to find what God's calling us to do, if we want to find our purpose, we need to go to the Bible. We need to go to who Jesus is because Jesus is our creator and our creator knows us best. He knows the way we work, the way we think, our personalities, and he's geared all of you in a way that he says, hey, I just want you to come dwell with me in order to find out what I'm calling you to do. Because here's the thing, when you and I dwell, we see fruit. When we dwell in the presence of Jesus, when we're in our word, when we're in prayer, when we're in menno with Jesus, we see fruit happen in our lives. Um, It was like a year half ago And um, in youth ministry, you know, it's difficult to kind of like see fruit happen because students are just like, they're very tricky. And all you parents are like, amen. They're, they're difficult to kind of figure out sometimes. They're quirky. They're weird. Some of them don't shower um, until like someone pays attention to them. People in the back. Um, Just a couple students. Love you guys. But Students are kind of like difficult to see God really work. They're just trying to figure out who they are. And I, and I totally understand it. Um, but I'm the type of person that like, I just love to challenge my students. And you can go talk to them and ask them. And I, and I just try my best to say, hey, you know what? God's called you to do something. Come on, like, let's, do, let's get out and just do something. Let's not be the typical teenage girl, or teenage boy that just goes through the motions of church. Let's get after it. And I challenge this one student, to do something that was kind of scary um, for her. So uh, one of my students had like this, like, I guess, grievance with one of her former friends at school. Um, And it got to a point where it was like pretty, pretty scary. Um, It wasn't like kind of like, oh my gosh, you like the same boy I do. I'm going to fight you. It wasn't like that kind of like typical drama that you parents have probably heard. Like, oh my gosh, Sarah stole my boyfriend. It's not that stuff, right? It was like something happened between the two. And there's like, there was some sort of separation. But then the girl, not my student, but the girl that she had a grievance with, took it to another level to where she brought the principal into it and said, hey, um, this person threatened to kill me. And I'm like, okay, that's like, that's like pretty far. Like usually, you know, like you have like the typical side in the DMs and like talk trash, and then like you gossip behind each other's back. But when you bring in like an, an adult authority into the situation and say something like, hey, this person threatened to kill me, that's like pretty intense. So, so that situation, situation went down, the principal came in, the two students came together, their parents came into a meeting, and they were talking it out, and the principal said, okay, here's how we're going to settle this. Um, You cannot talk, you cannot look, or you cannot bother this student again, and if you do, there are going to be some serious consequences. So my student walked around for maybe, I would say, a year with this on her shoulders, trying to figure out, okay, I maybe have a class with this person. We maybe share some sort of friends. If you go into the same school, how am I going to like completely avoid this individual? Because I'm scared that something's going to happen. So this student walked around for a year just like being awkward around this individual, and there was more rumors coming out of the situation because not everybody was there in the principal's office during the meeting. So of course, students like start to make up stories, and it became this really big situation to where I saw it. I said, okay, there's one or two things can happen, right? You can continue to walk in this awkward situation that you, know, you are, uh, supposedly threatened somebody with their, you know, to kill them. The principal got involved. You can continue to walk around and like on eggshells and like worried if you like look at that person again, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get suspended. You might get expelled. It may go on your record. You can do that. Or you could try to forgive this person. And the student said, but I didn't do anything. It was a misunderstanding. And I didn't even threaten this person to kill them. And I don't even know how I got here. I said, yes, I know. I know. I understand. I get it. But you could still go up to the individual and knowing maybe it was her fault for the whole situation blowing up to what it is. And you could just forgive that person. So that took maybe about a week of just talking to that student. And then I got a text and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go do it. And I was like, whoa. So, so that student you know, even though the principal said, hey, stay away from that individual. Don't talk to her ever again. If you do, there's going to be some serious consequences. That student stepped out of faith and walked up to that other student and said, hey, you know, um, there, there's been a whole lot of stuff that's happened between us. We, we had the principal involved. You know, I, I got told I couldn't be around you. I couldn't talk to you or there'd be some serious consequences. But you know what? I just want to let you know that I forgive you. And in that moment, both my student and that other girl, they both just started crying and crying, and crying. And here's the thing that I, I can kind of get from that situation, is that that person may not know anything about Jesus, right? That individual may not know about the Bible, what, what the Bible talks about Jesus, that he's God in flesh, that he's more than just a man, that he died for our sins, and for us to go to heaven. He's the only way. She may not understand any of that about Christianity, God, the Bible, or anything related to religion. She may not know nothing about the Bible, but one thing she does know about Christians is that they forgive. And see, that student before she walked up and forgave that person that she had a grievance with had nothing but fear, didn't know what could come out of the situation until she trusted and got enough to step out and go do it. And then she's had a moment where she got to just relieve all this pressure, relieve all this stress and anxiety and grievance with this person that made up a lie that was pretty serious immediately was gone through a conversation. And there was some fruit that came out of that situation to where they started to maybe even mend their friendship. But not that they were best friends again, but they got to mend their little fragile relationship. See, sometimes God calls us to step out in faith and do sometimes things that are scary like that. And we just think, man, I don't know if I can do it. Because this may happen. Man, I was told not to talk to that individual, so I probably shouldn't do it. I don't know what's going to happen out of my, my faithfulness. I don't know what God's calling me to do and how I'm going to be able to do it. But there is fruit when we dwell with Jesus. There is fruit when we step out in faithfulness. And I'm wondering how many of you have something God's calling you to do right now that he's saying, just trust me with it. Just step out in faith. Because all God calls us to do is just to go out and do something. The rest he takes care of. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 7. It says this. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. So you don't see in that verse. It's dependent upon you as a Christian to go out there, plant a seed, water it, and grow it, and make sure something good comes to fruition. You don't see that happen. You don't see 1 Corinthians 3, 7 say, hey, someone's soul is dependent upon you and how well you're, you, know, you know the Bible and how well you communicate it to others. That verse doesn't say that. The verse says, hey, it doesn't matter who's planting, who's growing. It doesn't matter who's watering because God makes all things grow. You just got to go out there and do it. See, God's not calling you to go out and solve world hunger. He's not calling you to go out and you know, end racism. He's not calling you to go out and do these really big things that are good things. He's just calling you to go out and do something small, like forgiving somebody who you had a grievance with. Like serving maybe in the local church, wherever God may call you to do that. You're reaching out to maybe a family member who just doesn't agree with you because of your political stance, or maybe because you're a Christian, and just reach out to them and let, let you know that, hey, I love, love you, I care about you, even though there's something between us. See, God has a call us to do go out and do these amazing, crazy things where all responsibilities on your shoulders that could be scary and that can be very overwhelming. He just calls you out to go out there and plant seeds. See, when my student did that, there's already a seed planted in her friend's heart. And who knows how long it'll take for that to grow. Who knows who has to come out in her life and water that plant and remind her of who God is and who God created her to be. I don't know how long that'll take, but there's one day there's gonna be fruit that's gonna grow from that simple act of forgiveness. And I wonder how many of us just need to step out in a small way like that. That God is calling us to do. See, for, So for me, I'm a pastor, right? And, and typically what goes maybe through my head and, and possibly yours is when you hear of someone being a pastor or someone being evolved, involved in the church and being a leader, you usually think, man, this person like grew up wanting to be a pastor. And like their maybe mom or dad was involved in church and they saw them up on stage and it's kind of in their blood and in their DNA. Let me tell you this. I had nothing to do with wanting to be a pastor. When, you know, when you're like, you're, um, you have kids and you go, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Some kids go, I want to be a doctor. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Some of the other kids say, I want to be an astronaut. And I'm like, that's great. When my mom asked me what I wanted to be, I said I wanted to be a fire truck. <laughs> Imagine that, right? But I, I said I wanted to be a fire truck. It wasn't I want to be a pastor that stands up in front of people and has to deliver God's word and speak and make it to where they can understand it. I didn't say any of that. I said I wanted to be a fire truck. But the, the way I got here today was just by dwelling with Jesus. Was just by dwelling with Jesus. Just saying, hey God, um, I, I think you're calling me to be a Christian and to follow your word. And when I follow your word, you begin to call me out and want me to do things. You you call me to action. And when I step out in action, there's fruit that grows from that because seeds are planted. Because here's the case. When you plant, God grows. See, I didn't know being faithful to what God called me to do was going to eventually grow into me being a pastor. I had no idea. I just started reading God's word and saying, man, the disciples and everybody in the early church who followed Christ just went out and did things. You have people preaching in front of you know large groups. You have others going out and healing people. That just shows they went out and did something. So I'm going to go out and try to do things as well. So I started to serve at the church I used to work at, and just started doing little things. I started in preschool ministry, and I go, "Thank God for preschool teachers," but it's not for me. I quickly got out of that ministry, got into kids. I went over to Compton. We would paint houses and talk to people on the streets. Went over to Guatemala. Did all these things, just going out and doing things that God was calling me to do. And slowly there were seeds that were planted in my life. There were people who came alongside me and began to water that until it grew up into this fruit to where now I am a pastor. I went from wanting to be a fire truck to being a pastor. Probably could have never done the first one, but you know, it's 2021, there's technology, who knows, right? But when I was being faithfulness, when I was being faithful to what God called me to do, and I was stepping out in faithfulness to those small things, just doing something for the kingdom, seeds were planted in my life. It began to grow to where now, look at the fruit that I produce. And I wonder how many of you, God's calling you to do something very similar to what I did. Not being a pastor, not not serving in preschool ministry, not doing those exact things, but just going out and doing something. Saying, God, I want to dwell with you so I can know the direction you're calling me in. God, I want to spend time in your word to see how I can tangibly go out and do something and, and see examples from different people throughout the word. Then I want to sit in prayer and listen and turn off my phone, get away from the TV, get away from the news, get away from all the things that are going on in my life and just hear from you and see where you're directing and where you're guiding me. Because I know for sure God is calling you all to do something. Whether that's serving in fit, youth, kids ministry, guest central, or even like an example from last week, simply putting batteries into a candle. It doesn't matter what you do. It just matters if you respond to it or not. So, I know last week I asked you this question, and I want to ask you this same question again. Is what are you going to do this year? It's 2021. The year is here. We can no longer put it off. We should hopefully already have a list written down with all the things we want to do. Hopefully, you got ahead of those things. And the new year is already here. Last year was difficult. We can put that one in a different category. Totally understandable. If it was hard for you to go out and do something, I get that. But we've adapted. We've learned. We've figured out ways to do church and to do ministry within COVID, and all the crazy things that we have going on around us. So the new year is here. What are you going to do? How are you going to be dwelling with Jesus this year? Maybe your answer is simply, you know what? I need to spend more time in my word. Maybe it's not jumping all the way to serving, but it's just starting, hey, I can definitely read my, my Bible a little bit more. You know, I, I can definitely use more than just the verse of the day. I can carve out maybe 10 minutes, half an hour, maybe an hour out of my day to just sit and open up God's word and let it speak to my heart. Maybe that's with a prayer. saying, hey, I got the whole Bible reading thing down, but it's hard for me to sometimes quiet my mind and listen. It's hard for me sometimes to just sit in isolation and be okay in that moment. Maybe for some of you, it's just finding out some time to get away from the noise in your life. Let's pray. Or maybe it is serving for you. Maybe if you got those shoes down and you understand where God's calling you and directing you and leading you, maybe it's being a part of this church. Because I know this church in 2021 is going to move forward. I mean, look—we're inside. We're inside. We were outside, we adapted, we had some struggles and there were a lot of issues with things that we were trying to do. And we said, you know what? We're, We're gonna pray, we're gonna fast, we're gonna come together as a staff and see if this is something smart. And look where we're at today. We're inside. We're still gathering to worship God. And it was just by doing the small, simple things. We're gonna be in God's word. We're gonna see what the church would have done. We're gonna see the words of Jesus. We're gonna even read them and let them impact our lives. And then we're going to set time aside to pray and hear, not to think, not to get everyone's opinion, but to say, "God, what do you want us to do as a church?" Because this year this church will continue to move forward. And I would love to see all, all of you and those watching online, hopefully one day, to be a part of what we're going to be doing. Because it's a new year. 2020 is gone. All those excuses that I use, they're in the past. I can't use them anymore. It's time for us to step up. It's time for us to respond because I want to encourage you with this again. Fruit comes from faithfulness. Your faithfulness in the small ways that God is calling you to do things, there's going to be fruit from that. And you may not see it tomorrow. You may not see it in a week or a month. You may see it over time, several years, but there is going to be fruit from the faithfulness that you show to what God's calling you to do. And I want to let that encourage you. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for calling people like me. We're just ordinary people who who are sinners, who don't have everything all together. God, I wanted to be a fire truck when I was a kid. And you can use someone like me to glorify your kingdom. God, I thank you for using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So God, I ask over everybody who is here in this room and those watching online, that you show us what that is. That maybe God, 2020 was a year we didn't spend any time in our word. Maybe God, we didn't sit down and listen for your voice to be in prayer and hear and see what you want us to do. God, maybe we spent a lot of time on our phones. God, maybe we spent a lot of time reading or listening to the news. God, maybe 2020 was a year of listening and reading what other people were saying, except what you want us to do. So God, if that's the truth for so many people in this room and watching online, I ask that you'll help us to change that. You'll help us to start small, to learn what it is to dwell in your presence, to menow, of just spending time in your word and prayer. And God, for those who are trying to figure out what you're calling them to do next, I ask that you'll remind them that it's not all upon them to have it all figured out. It's not up to them to see the end result be this beautiful, magnificent thing that God, you just call us to go out and do something and you make things grow. So, Lord, I know these people are going to respond. I know that they're going to listen to you and follow your voice wherever that may be. And God, I ask that you will remind them that there's going to be beautiful fruit that's going to grow from their actions, whether that's within this, these church walls or in their own personal lives. God, encourage them and remind them that you. Have all their actions and all the outcomes in your hand. So God, thank you for using us. I thank you for this new year. And we ask, Lord, as we move forward, you'll guide us and you'll let us know that, hey, this year is in your hands. 2020 was rough. It affected us all in different ways. But God, we're so thankful for the new year that we can look forward to all the ways you're going to work in our lives. So God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your word. Hey, thank you for this church. God, we pray this all in your holy name. Amen.